From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. All right, stereo pours. Stereo pours. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Wine sound has more sound when poured from a can than a bottle. I think it does. It sounded good. We're broadcasting from the quiet, subdued, and relatively cool 16600 office instead of out yes. on the porch today. And it just... It's seems, a different vibe. It seems much more civilized. Yes. There will be any dogs. There will be no VW buses. No diesel. <laughs> no, no diesel, diesel. trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no a melancholy. A clean I know. Where's the like the VW bus full of bachelorette party pouring out? Really? And, you know, it happens. Teeheen all the way in. <laughs> Teeheen. <laughs> I can do that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers with Sam Katuri and Bart Hansen. And Brian is on assignment today. Deep in the depths of the, the cellars, the cellars of the Fairmont Cinema Mission Inn. Yes, you ever I, been down in that basement? I have, yeah. I I have not. Well, it's not really a basement. It's kind of in the back of the place, and maybe one wall is about three or four feet subterranean. Okay. Well, but it's a cellar. I mean, there's it's legitimately cold and um, organized and organized. Well, Paul uh, maybe oversold it then. He made it sound much more dramatic because he delivers the wine there. I don't, they don't let me into the. Well, I'm sure it's a big stash room that has a lot of hidden little items that you'd love to find i would hope and so drink so yeah. hey speaking of nice article on robert came in, in this wine <laughs> spectator issue nice one and phil too uh, phil got in there one of the best pictures of my dad that i've ever seen in a magazine for sure a was, they, did a, they did a good job they got good photographers on staff over there at the wine spectator yes, they do now my, there's that, a reason they should the, <laughs> althea saw the cover sitting on the coffee table in here the other day and goes what? That's Uncle Bobby. <laughs> Uncle Bobby on the cover of the Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Well, well it's cool, um, man. It really I mean, is. It's a big it's deal a to profile. get um, a winemaker photo on the front of the Wine Spectator. There's yeah. There's more than a few wine winery owners that would um, be envious of that. I'm, and I'm sure he's milking every bit of that uh, with all of his uh, contemporaries. Clients of Enterprise. This is the October fifteenth issue. Yeah, it's it's on newsstands now. It's I, you can't find a copy of it around here. I, I think you know when uh, the last time a Sonoma winemaker was on the cover was maybe Joel and Morgan. Joel and, and Morgan. And, and, and I don't Mike think they would. Mike and Mike Benziger and Alan York were on. That the was cover, a, but yeah, that was a long. That was a long time, time ago. So yeah, Decades. And, yeah, and Joel <laughs> more and who you know Joel. Maybe, but I don't think either of them would want to be called a Sonoma winemaker. So um, <laughs> this is this is you know it's this is a, a big deal. It's a big deal for Sonoma. It's a huge deal for the Moon Mountain Moon, Moon Mountain, Mountain District. I mean, thing. that's what it's, it's all about. It's, it's an article about Moon Mountain, really. Yeah, yeah it really is. Um, um, so no, uh, you know, the the accolades that we've all thought we've deserved all along, right. um, and and stoked that the wine spectators picked up on it and, and broadcasting it uh, all around the world. And, so. and a great shot of um, of Robert. Uh, he's not mm -hmm. not really on Uncle Bobby. You're not on Uncle Bobby terms. With, him now. <laughs> um, with Robert uh, sitting on the rock outcroppings, which really gives you an idea of what it's yeah. like up there. I mean, that's the, um, the thing that unless you see and even in a magazine, seeing those in real life is what sort of drives, oh, yeah. drives home the whole just it's very rocky. what we do up there. It's, it's crazy. 
It really is. So, well, we're going to do listener questions today, and we got a whole lot of them. So, thanks to everybody. And uh, might as well start out with Roger Randall. He was wondering a couple different things. First of all, are you having any labor problems during harvest? I mean, Sam doesn't want to work a lot during harvest. Yeah. But waiting for the grapes to get ripe. Waiting for the grapes to get ripe, Bart. Um, so far, we're all right. Um, you know, I, I imagine the pinch will feel a pinch in the next few weeks as this heat kind of like makes everything start to happen all at once. Um, you know, Enterprise Vineyards sort of is a little bit insulated from those you're types a of things bit different because, because of the round. Yeah. We're year round yeah. the size of the workforce and, and um, that we can kind of move crews around to make it happen as needed. Um, you know, I haven't really dug into sort of those reports from the rest of the state. Um, you know, the interesting thing is there's, there's so much harvesting that's moving to, mechanized harvesting um and and those machines have come such a long way in such a fast amount of time that um i'm sure they were pretty brutal at one time oh, oh they they took just, everything yeah. like if unless it was tied down pretty much yeah. <laughs> snakes birds branches they hit you for some little rosé for john yeah thank um, you so but you know i think that there's so much and and people don't necessarily want to talk about it um but it is losing the stigma that it once had. There's so much mechanical harvesting happening. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is these new ones that have, you know, can actually have optical shorter sorters built into them. Right. It's pretty amazing. But the other thing that goes along with it is that there are certain trellising systems in certain mountains um, that they'll never work on. No, you just can't do it, so. especially Moon Mountain right yeah, there. Totally. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, e even yeah, any even just hills. No, you, yeah, you you want it, you want it Central Valley, uh, <laughs> you the know. center of Napa Valley. I mean, anywhere that's flat um, is is fine. When it starts to be slopes and God forbid terraces are just like out of the question uh, at this point. Right. Um, that's when it starts to be a problem. I don't think, you know, you'd think like in Moon Mountain District, the number one candidate with basically the finance funds to do something like that would be Monterosso, and they're still picking everything by hand. Um, so if they can't do it, I don't think anybody right. can up here. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I did think that was interesting. And, and Brene, if you're listening, I'd love some clarification. But it, it was interesting. She worded one of her things about going through and doing a pick and um, almost like they do two picks through um, blocks. Did you see that? Yeah, was it like a a sunny side and a shady side and maybe pick or that's something what like it that? Was but yeah, that was that was a listener question that I had this week, and I guess we'll have to wait to have her on to get it answered. But, yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. If anyone was going to be doing it mechanically, and even up there, that is kind of a relative flat that's, area. Yeah, up there. there's definitely there's definitely parts of it where they could probably do it. Right, maybe. Right, just but, getting it in and up there. Just think of that. Yeah. I, I mean, well, and then These the other big, thing is big, is big units, you yeah. know, and, and I'd be curious to see if when they put in, when they replant a block, are they replanting it with that in mind? Because yeah. a lot of that stuff, the Charleston is just so old. Right. Um, you can't mean the head work. train vines obviously are totally right. at most of those, right. you know, the, the big T, whatever yeah. you call that, you couldn't do it. Right. So, um, so that I, I think, but in general to, to Roger's question, the solution to the labor problems with harvest seems to be going in the direction of of machines. Yeah. So and and that that 
avoids the pinch that um, we feel. I think the right. other well, wineries are having hard times still getting interns and and harvest help. Um, just you know, with the labor market the way it is, and and you know the time it takes still to get visas for international uh, workers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably more where it's affecting than the vineyard side right now. It would be interesting to know, like, the percentage of international help, you know, that has come back since COVID. Yeah. Because there was definitely a couple of years ago where there was nothing. Right. So. um, What about this weather, man? That's going to get crazy this week. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of questions about the weather coming through. Um, It's going to be hot. The interesting thing is, it's you know, a week ago, the reports were, were... almost entirely dire I was going you know and, mm-hmm. and and there are parts of the state where those are sort of more borne out like Paso's in the middle of a 7 to 10 day run of you know oh, yeah. s- north of 100 maybe north of 110 Ouch. for a long time what is that going to do I, I mean think about that heat and I, I mean is it going to help or hurt Yes. Do you get any growth out of it? Not this time. What? What more than anything? And I, I think we'll see. Um, or ripening, you know, This will be right? like the heat wave part where all the oak trees turn yellow, right. right? What we'll see is the vines realizing that the time has come, and um, so if the vine is healthy and there's you know you have the ability to irrigate and the soil's healthy and the crop is in managed you know crop load is managed um properly properly this will finally get things ripe and with flavor um i mean you know we had a similar heat wave in 2017 um on the same almost yeah exactly um so it will be interesting to see what it's like um, Because I think, as you know, the vineyards that are out there that are in good shape and prepared, they look really good right now. Yeah. And and I definitely the crops seen, do look good right uh, now. I mean, the crop seems to be light as everyone's talking. Um, but I was in a vineyard with very very poor drain. I mean, very 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 well drained soils. Mm. So no water holding capacity, and quite frankly, it looked tired and yeah. like it had been beat up. You know, and and this guy. Here, he's not afraid to irrigate. I think it's just of the area and 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 the spot, you know? right? So, and you know the the soil management, the farming, the the um, organic matter, the carbon in the soil huge. is is a huge part of that. Uh, and yeah. if the soils are depleted, it's going to be harder than the soils that have you know have more life in them. Um, and the, and the other side is you know we're in this. And this kind of goes to some of the questions about like what the harvest is looking like. We're in this bubble where um, it hasn't been, you know, we've had a warm summer, but it hasn't been a hot summer. Like there's been lots of of 85s and low, you know, upper 80s, low 90s. And, but we've and we've had the return of the fog to some extent. Yeah, totally. Especially in cool mornings. Yeah. Even this morning, there was yeah. the fog was, you know, uh, lapping at the edge of the Petaluma Gap. Yeah. Um, so it's kept us relatively cool. And we, frankly, you know, nobody says, oh, yeah, I'm excited about it's going to be 106 for two days, which is probably what it's going to be Monday and Tuesday. Um, We need this to get things to ripen. 
I was going to say, how's Verizon going? Because it's been so scattered. Yeah. Go back to the Esther Moberly, uh, Moberly right. uh, article on, she couldn't even describe the California harvest this right. year because it was so, so varied oh, yeah. and wide and open. Um, completely all over the map. and, and um, But, you know, the rest of the state, even other parts of Sonoma County, have been much hotter, much warmer for more days. And those, you know, those places, they're way further into harvest than we are um, and are probably going to be more adversely affected by this heat dome, the heat dome than we are. Is that fair to say that like at least upper Napa Valley is in that that Uh, grouping? Yeah. I mean, look, we've, we have already picked Cabernet for red wine at Oakville ranch. Um, Cabernet and Cab Franc uh, in August or in late August, which is a month ahead of time. Um, and on and the Phil flip side, was, Phil was happy. Uh, you look, anytime that you're picking grapes for Andy Erickson, you're happy. Okay, there you go. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> ding, ding my own name drop. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you have to look at every year as being its own year. And, you know, Phil, and you've said this, I mean, it's like you don't pick red grapes until after um, the solstice. Right. And that's just not going to happen this year, even to the best farmer, obviously, right? You know, um, the conditions outweigh um, what you can do. I mean, well, I guess you could do something, but it wouldn't be positive for their vines. Right. Uh, Yeah. Well, Phil just seems like he's the last one every year everybody's waiting he's just you know but he he's letting it hang he's getting the best grapes for sure like you know and and what Brene is doing at monoroso um is maybe the perfect sort of juxtaposition she's pruning way earlier she knows that you know she's sort of leaning into the early bud breaks that we've been having and and you know they're picking they're like done picking Zinfandel already up there and and um you know I have theories on on what some of the motivation behind that is and I think part of it is you know if you get pick the grapes before fire season really hits you don't have to worry about any of these like smoke damage situations um and maybe just again leaning into kind of what the seasons have been giving us um but you know we prune later prune slower um kind of try and push bud break back uh and, it's and really pick nothing, later because it's nothing you can do <laughs> well you can't push it yes back. and no but if you're if if you haven't pruned and the vines are starting to come out pruning them will slow that down okay and and in you know most of the time um and you know like bart said we'd rather flavor development happens well that's the thing once you get closer to 12 and 12 sun yeah. and you know, you get those cooler fall nights and, and fall mornings um, get the heat wave and then it cools off. And that like those, that sort of cycle that's the best of the starts best. to set flavors, yeah. especially in yeah. the varieties that we're talking about in the vineyards we're talking about. Yeah. So, and, and, and you can walk through the vineyards and, and you can see that and taste it by tasting a bunch that's on the you know hidden underneath the canopy and one that's out in the sun you know the sugar is relatively close in the two but the flavor development is completely different and and you can walk through vineyards still and find fruit that just doesn't have much flavor 
And until that happens, I mean, in this day and age in California with what do we call it? California sunshine. There's rarely not enough sugar to get a whatever your sweet spot is, you know, 12 and a half to 15 percent alcohol wine. It's there. It's a matter of how f- much flavor you want and yeah. what you consider flavor, you know, is flavor screaming high acid and um, low pH? I, I or think is we're it- going to have that anyway, though. Right. Boy, am I seeing a lot of people online, so uh, social media, just stems. They, they are really using a whole cluster this year, it seems. Everybody. Um, you know, John, I think kind of what you're seeing there is um there's been a proliferation of photos of people hand foot stomping things yeah right and, right and now so that that's what it yeah. is it's and the sobriety it's, it's yeah, the it's the, the sabery in the champagne bottle of okay. right, of the, <laughs> of, of the production side i mean if you're not if you're not hand stomping something before it goes into a tank you right. know you're especially if you're in your underwear and stuff like that right. you know um, <laughs> it's you know what else are you gonna do um you know we just had this conversation down at the winery i said you know i I think one time I did a foot stomp and put it on social media and someone asked about my, you know, my, my hairy legs and did I shave my legs? And I'm like, nope, that's it. <laughs> no human pathogens can grow in Lemoyne. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Thank you very much. Um, but so, you do, I, I at least wash with uh, some water and some PAA before I, uh, before I get into the tank and start stomping, at least for my, you know. My my own personal just again, knowledge yeah. that I'm going to be drinking. Look that it wine. up. No human pathogens <laughs> can grow in wine. That's interesting. So they say. So they say. Well, I mean, I I didn't read it on the internet, but a guy told me, and yeah. the guy telling you is a lot more um, accurate than probably than right. reading it on the internet. Totally. You, I heard it on a podcast once, so it's got to be true. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bart, you are, of the two of us sitting here, the only one of us who's taken grapes in. Uh, how did they look, and um, are you ready to talk about it? <laughs> are you emotionally prepared to tell uh, the story yeah, you're about yeah, to have yeah, to tell? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and maybe this is the first... We'll, we'll, what was the... Uh... Oh, let, let me do the grapes okay. first. How are the grapes? How are the grapes? How are the grapes so, looking? So... Um... The grapes, the grapes look great. Um, uh, uh, got a ton of Shannon from the Fry Vineyard over in Solano County, um, Green Valley to be specific. Thank you, Joel Burt and uh, the folks at Los Harris for peeling me off a ton. Right there. Yeah. Um, uh, quality looked great, you know, um, smelled really good. Um, nice yield, quite frankly. Which yeah, you, was, only got, I mean, you only got a ton? Yeah. And the amount of juice that you got. Yeah, it was pretty good. God bless Jim yeah. Blanc. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's a, you know, it was planted in the 70s. So the vines are well established. And and it's not that they were huge clusters like Shannon can do, but there were a lot of clusters. Um, so, um, so it looked great. Um, so I had um, purchased from another friend of the pod, Randy, um, a, a clay amphora mm-hmm. um, that I was, uh, got a... Uh, couldn't couldn't pass up the opportunity. Probably shouldn't have done it. Um, my my <laughs> hindsight my is twenty twenty. Yeah, no, my bookkeeper said no matter what, I shouldn't have bought it, but <laughs> but I did. Um, I wanted it emotionally. Um, I thought it would be perfect for this wine. Um, and uh, so we so we pressed it, got the fermentation going, transferred everything into the amphora um, by gravity. Uh, it sat over uh, off to the side, strapped to a 
what I thought was very, very strong um, palate. And then to quote MJ. What did it sound like when that fucking amphora hit the ground? <laughs> Ouch. So, so what? <laughs> so did, had he seen the photo? I, se- I sent him the photo. Okay. We, we, we'd been chatting back and forth and he asked something. And I said, well, this was my fucking day. And I sent him a picture of it. <laughs> and I will now post it out there for you folks. Um, I, it's not that I didn't want to share it, but I, I, I mean, oh, it's this, amazing. You know what? This, this really hit me emotionally. I mean, really, really. The guys at, at down at the winery, they were like, "God, you were so quiet for like ten minutes," and then there was a single, "Fuck." <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> and 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 so what happened was the palate failed. Um, you know, again, hindsight. Right. I should have probably taken the the palate I had and put a piece of half inch plywood on top of it to spread out the weight a little bit. You know, the shape of the amphora, and and this is nothing against the potter or anything. I looking at it now, I that's not the way I would store that amphora. Um, it's traditionally the shape where it's very very small at the bottom that it sits on. Right. Um, I understand why eggs of, have a big base a lot of on concentrated them. weight um, down there. Yeah, and, and and so this is all on me. You know, I made the decisions how to deal with it. I kind of just kind of followed what other people had done, and I happened to get a pallet that must have had a defect in it, and the pallet mm-hmm. broke. So that's what you heard. I thought maybe um, a rake had fallen and hitting on the ground, and then there's nothing like that sound of broken clay right? right like like it was like pottery. pot breaking yeah. pottery breaking and and it's very you know and if anyone wants to come down i can break a couple pieces and you can hear it um, <laughs> you saved I, a couple of pieces just for <laughs> i still have the whole thing because of i was wondering if there might be some sort of insurance claim which there isn't for the because for it, the pot it wasn't in um, it wasn't written into my my contract right was the juice so i what i was i was having this conversation with somebody about this i showed them the picture um Maya actually, and she said that basically your insurance claim depends on whether the ferment the wine had fermented or not, or was uh, maybe like, it all depends on the policy. But are you going to be able to? Well, so t- it's so it, so it's interesting. We it sounds like there will be something right. for the juice. It has there's no labor. Um, it was in fermentation. Right. Um, the, the, the insurance company um, actually has a wine expert that they either contract with. And so they asked a bunch of questions. I gave them all the details and they're going to get back to me. Right. Um, I, I will say that I'm glad it was Solano County Chenin Blanc and not, you know, Moon Mountain Cabernet. Right. You know, because... Um, well, I guess maybe actually I wish it was Moon Mountain Cabernet if the insurance pays what they pay because <laughs> the you know the deductible is the first thing that comes off. So, yeah, yeah. Um, at, at any rate, so we'll we'll see. We'll update you on the insurance part of it. So far, they've been really great to to deal with. Um, but but the other thing that was so amazing when it happened was it was the sound. And again, we were all kind of in a different area. And then there was just this flood of juice and it smelled really beautiful inside. Um, And there was at that point, there's nothing you do. I just kind of sat there and watched it kind of. Well, the pottery was spread all over the floor. Yeah. 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 I mean, it really crashed. Yeah. This thing, this thing came down. Well, I mean, again, it it toppled. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, again, hindsight, It, it, it was top heavy because of design. 
um, it was strapped, but the strapping doesn't do you any good if something on the bottom fails, you know? Right. So what it's strapped to is breaks. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, again, uh, if, and when I ever buy another one of these things, it will be a completely different design. Yeah. Um, quite frankly, and, and to all you guys out there, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody, and I, I won't name their names. I'm sure they're going, well, no shit, Bart. We could have told you how to do it. <laughs> but again, I kind of, I just did what, what was being done to it where I saw it when I went to go look at it. So right. um, anyway, um, but yeah, the sound, the cleanup. Oh, and then the last bit was um, the next day after we'd cleaned the floors, um, which kind of threw a wrench into the day because um, there's only one drain in the winery, of course. Right, and that was a... A lot of sticky juice. Right. And then, so then you go the next day and you kind of walk around and you see where you oh. missed. <laughs> because, yeah. So, and then, yeah, you know, on, to, on, to the floor. on, to, yeah. on top That's of that. That's always an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, and on top of that, and this was. walking a, in a dirty movie theater or something. Right. On top of that. Not, there, a movie for, not a theater for dirty movies, but a movie theater that hasn't been cleaned. <laughs> um, or both. Or both. As we're, as we're cleaning it up, we're actually having this conversation about how much water we're using. And, right. you know, and trying not to use it, like squeegee everything. And then lightly, you know, we used a mop. And I mean, because there's a f drought going on right. and yeah. we pay for the water that we use and, right. you know, it all adds up. And um, so anyway, so, yeah, that was my Monday. Well, sorry about that, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just now kind of like, I mean, th there's been a lot of time of reflection and thinking about it and, um, you know, thinking, yeah, there's been a lot of reflection in this. It's, it, it really did. It, you know, I've thought about how much work went into growing it. I thought about, you know, the nerves of driving it back on the back of my truck. I mean, all these things, right. right? And, and then there is a little bit left and it smells delicious and tastes delicious. And I just, it's that lost, you know, that lost thing. So, um, and, and, and listen, I have, um, I'll, I'll end it on this. I have lost a lot of wine in my career. Like I've had barrels break, other people's barrels breaks. I've had driven a forklift into the barrel. Um, yeah, I, I've yeah, seen that. that that'll be a whole nother show sometime, <laughs> but, but I've, I've seen doors open. I've overflowed tanks, all these things. And it was always somebody else's wine. <laughs> and I always felt horrible about it. And you, and you always tell yourself you, you learn a lesson, right? I mean, many lessons have been learned. Um, but somehow when it's your own, your own thing. And then, you know, the whole thing with losing the M4 also without even using it is right. just like, and bend over and kick you one more time. So anyway, that's it. Let's find another question to talk about. If you could collaborate with any winery in California, who would it be? And what wine would you make? Ooh. Uh, that's a question. I mean, I'm, That's I'm a good one. I'm, I've gotten to collaborate with some pretty awesome winemakers and wineries. You know, the, the kosher wine at Mayakamas is a making wine at Mayakamas that has a, you know, my label on the front and says produced and bottled by Mayakamas vineyards on the back. I mean, that's a, that's a bucket list kind of one. Um, I mean, I, I would, you know, I think it'd probably be something central coast or Santa Barbara. Um, you know, change, change terroir in region entirely. Um, you know, 
But, you know, I don't know how much different the wine would actually be. It would be a winemaker down there with grapes from down there. Well, you know what? Th- think of what think of what Autotet came out to be like. Yeah. And that's a collaboration, right? Right, yeah. I've gotten to collaborate with Philippe Combi and Isabel Gassier. Yeah. yeah. And continuing to work with Isabel Gassier. So, so, I mean, think about your favorite wine in California. If you had to, you know, oh, it would be fun to do something with Steve Law. It would be fun to do something around, you know, just because these are the wines that I know. And I love. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Bart, you have a favorite? I, 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 I don't. You know, I, I, I mean, I have so much respect for so many winemakers, and you know, would I love to do little projects with them? I mean, yeah, I, I could start a list. You know, I mean, I, I always go back to the classics, right? Like, you know, I like I, as much as I'd like to have Paul Draper on the podcast sometime. Well, I mean, to mm-hmm. get the chance to make a wine with Paul make Draper, you know, I mean, that would be amazing. I mean, there's, there's a ton of them. Um, uh, there's a ton of guys that are no longer with us that I kind of think about that. Yeah. And then, and, and then I kind of go with you. Like it's for me, it's, I think it's probably more about um, different locations, you yeah. know, that I'm kind of drawn to. Um, but, rock Syrah. Yeah. I'd love to make a rock Syrah. Uh, and I'm Artie Johnson, shout out, uh, wine XYZ, Artahishik, I probably didn't say it right, um, is making, is bringing grapes down from from the from Rocks District, Milton Freewater, Walla Walla, Washington. Right, that little uh, tiny corner. That little tiny corner, and, and um, you know, I had the opportunity to go up there uh, in July, and and uh, Elaine, you know, Hawk Waka Waka's keynote basically saying, and, and it's hard to argue that, there is no appellation in America that has established itself on the basis of Syrah and the way that the Rocks District has, particularly, and, you know, Walla Walla in general. Um, and, you know, there's great Syrah all over California, but those Syrah growing regions aren't necessarily known for it. And sort of basically the argument that, you know, you think Rocks, you think Syrah. Um, and I would, it's, you taste those wines and you're like, yeah, there's uh, no matter the producer, no matter the clone, the style, you like you put your nose in it and you go, that's yeah. Rocks District Syrah every damn time. Um, so that's that would be Isn't one. Isn't that amazing that it's that specific? Uh, that's, uh, you know, this is the entire basis of everything that we do. Uh, the reason to make wine, yep. the reason to have a Sense show talking about wine is that we have this opportunity with wine to do things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. excellent question. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Um, Victor sent Victor, Victor Woolworth sent in a bunch. Um, I, the one that I loved and, um, was, I, I think I screenshotted it. Maybe I didn't I got so many screenshots. Who knows? Um, Oh, what have you had in your glass recently that you would love to have again? Uh, and I have I have a good answer, but I want to see what you guys talk about because I drank a great, amazing bottle of wine a week ago. Should I go? You're both looking at me like you don't have an um, answer yet. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I'm considering. You go first. Okay. Let, let me think about. It. I um had the opportunity and I posted them on on Instagram in a story. Um, my buddy Ross Kennard, Kennard Family Farms, basically. Somebody gave him a case of wine that had been sitting in somebody's closet for 25 years, and there was some stuff that was throwaway, and there was two bottles of Hansel, a 1991 Cabernet and a 1993 Pinot Noir, uh, and 
I don't know much about the 91 vintage, but I know the 93 vintage is like one of the all time Sonoma vintages. And that bottle of 93 hands out Pinot Noir um, was a top 10 life wine experience uh, even out of like you know ross doesn't we we're at his house it was a great meal but he doesn't have like fancy glasses or anything uh, so we're drinking out a little like you know tumblers and yeah. and um it was it was epic and maybe i'll find another one of those if somebody out there is listening and has one uh please don't open it until you invite us over uh, <laughs> it, it was it was killer the cab was all right it, it pretty much lost most of its fruit uh but the the pinot noir was was mind-blowing yeah. So that's that's my and ninety three great vintage. I don't you right. were you uh, right. ninety one yeah. was not a great not vintage. Great vintage. Yeah, yeah. ninety three was a great vintage. Um, you you know I think for me what what I'm gonna go with this as I think about it is that a Chenin Blanc juice sample yeah. that you were tasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd really like to have that in my glass again, and I won't be able to. <laughs> I guess I can buy a bottle of Laharas <laughs> yeah. and see what Joel did with it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty allocated. I don't know. <laughs> and apparently there's going to be less of it in the world this year. Um, so I would say I, of all the wines that I tasted when I was young, when my wine awareness or being caught up in a moment, not paying attention to what I was actually tasting is all the wines that I'd like to have in my glass again. Mm. Like when we went to France and this trip in, in Burgundy and we went down into the cellars, we were at Dujac and they were um, opening bottles and I have pictures of it somewhere, you know, opening up bottles that were the sixties and the seventies mm -hmm. and the, and even the fifties, a couple of them, um, they were amazing. And I didn't, you know, one, I was still at that point in my life, still, still learning so much about wine and, um, and just caught up with everything that it, it's hard to even have memories of it. Right? right. So I'd love all those chances back. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'll go with a Bordeaux that we had last week. The oh. Chateau de Latour. Oh. That was a very nice one. Ding. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had uh, duck and, and calm fee. So it was beautiful. This is a home cooked. This is home, home cooked, baby. Home cooked with a bottle of Chateau Latour from yes. the bottom of your wine rack. Yeah. Been there for a long time. It had. It was moved, did, it, did it move from Chicago to here with you or did you get it when you were here? It moved. They moved. So it's been here 10 years. All right. Cool. Uh, so, so it was old. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. You know, do you remember what the vintage was? Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Oh, not a good vintage in Bordeaux. I, 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 have no, no idea. I have no clue. You know what? I think it was a, it was a good vintage. They all that are night because it was really delicious. Right, right. You know, it I mean, must have been. I've been waiting to drink it for a long time, and and uh, we had some friends over, so I didn't get quite enough of it. I'll just right. say that. Fair enough. So um, I, I got one here from the, the, uh, this. This is James Joiner, and we're gonna amend your thing a little bit. Um, first of all, the whole desert island record or desert island disc, you know, I mean, right. um, uh, tower records used to put out their little magazine and in the back, they always had your, you had to list your 10, um, desert island discs. Right. Um, so, you know, the thing to go to a desert island with one record, it's just, there's just no way to do it. Um, but your desert island wine. And so you're stuck on a desert island with one wine, but I'm going to throw it out is, it's you have a small vineyard and you have to make your own wine on that desert island and you can grow anything you want. 
First thing you do is you're going to bury your amphora in the sand <laughs> so that it stays cool and doesn't fall over. <laughs> what else are you going to make wine with on a desert island? The barrel's not going to hold up. You, you know, got to do an amphora, but at, fuck, man. At least you have, are dangerous. At least you have one hell of a story, Bart. I'm just glad no one was standing next that, to That so. actually is really the thing about it. I could have How much really turns that way? Full of 120 gallons of juice. Juice, uh, juice is 8.2 pounds per gallon, I think. Oh, so man. that's a th I mean, I, it's a thousand pounds at I least wish, in juice. I wish I could have heard this. Oh, I, I wish there was a camera capturing it. Yeah. Because at least then I could have like, you know, Put gone viral. Yeah. <laughs> right. Totally. It would have been that exploding wine barrel of, of 2022 as the crashing amphora terracotta clay goes down goes Frasia. Uh, <laughs> This is <laughs> Bart's therapy session today. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't laugh this hard. Phone, right. is, phone is ringing. Oh my god! <laughs> your what's your desert island? Desert island wine. Wine. That, I, if I'm on a desert island, I probably gonna want to drink some like riesling for the rest of you know. You think about it like. You're maybe you got some coconut in your life. Your your green matter is maybe you're growing something, but you're probably like collecting seaweed and eating fish, and it's a desert island. Right. I'm assuming I'm gonna have a way of keeping it cold. I want to drink riesling. In your amphora. In my amphora, right out of an amphora, because right. Why is made, made from the sand from the island. Yeah, totally. You totally romanticize it. hundred percent. Like, Sell the hell out of that shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to the other person living on the other side of the island. <laughs> um. <laughs> what? But Desert Island music. That's a tougher question. I mean, again, one album. Abbey or, Road. You know, Abbey Road. Abbey Road. He throws I'm, it out there. I'm gonna. This is shocking. This goes. Somebody else asked, "What's your guilty pleasure wine?" I don't have a guilty pleasure wine. I have been listening to Beyonce Renaissance, this new Beyonce album, basically nonstop for about a month. Is that because Althea's into it or something? Althea, I, I, it's it's my like clean the kitchen late at night music. It's my drive around and okay. and turn it up. It has this like total like eighties house music kind of music you know beat to it uh it's totally like raucous and out of control and um i if i'm on a desert island by myself with the you want to be rocking with the m4 <laughs> full of riesling i'm gonna just dance naked on the beach while the moon rises till you know my heart's content so that's that and like you know uh working man's dead <laughs> you gotta have two huh yeah i'm gonna take two all right uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 we got uh, right behind us is is uh, on the other side of Uncle Bobby right. is New Riders of the Purple Sage, I'll Jerry like Garcia. Them. Yeah, yeah. Featuring, look at this transition. Watch this, David Nelson, who David Nelson band heard it here first, playing October 9th, final Sunday, Denmark Street Barn. Uh, Oh, nice. For Phil's, we're celebrating Phil's birthday. We're donating our pro, uh, the big seven zero for those keeping score at home. Uh, and it's the ten, uh, the fifth anniversary of the start of the 2017 fires. So uh, it's a the ticket price is not 
cheap. Um, we're going to sell wine. We're going to sell tickets. And uh, proceeds are going to go to the Mayacomas Volunteer Fire Department. What's the date? October 9th. Sunday, October 9th. David Nelson I Band. Uh, uh, State State Fair, which is Tanner Wally's band, yeah. uh, is the opening act. Valley is catering. They're going to do uh, what I want them to do is, is lot food. So it'll be like, you know, Valley on the lot, grilled cheese sandwiches done by Valley. Hippie, hippie salad, which they already do. Uh, Tobias Weingartner, um, Sword Swallower, and Vaudevillian uh, is going to be there doing his thing. Um, it's going to be a, a raucous party, 4 to 8 o'clock. Tickets will go on sale soon. Stay tuned. Eventbrite link coming your way. Wow. Yeah. We're going big. Yeah. We're going, it's, you know, Phil only turns 70 once, hopefully. Right. Um, <laughs> well, there's two parties, but uh, one one you're not invited to. Well, you guys might be. Um but uh, that's, yeah, that's, you know, we're... That's great. It's great. And that's October 9th. I mean, you know, um, my personal hero, Wavy Gravy, um, tells the story of when the hog farm was traveling from Europe, trying to make it to Southeast Asia for humanitarian mission. And they had this caravan Wait, of buses. This, again? this was Wavy, oh, Wavy Gravy. Ding. Um, and... Every time, every third flat tire, they would pull over and have a party to sort of like, you know, you take this calamity and you turn it into a celebration and you sort of trick the comic guard, you know, uh, karmic gods into not sending you calamity anymore. So we're taking October 9th and we're going to have a blowout party. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Especially David Nelson Band. It's, it's going to, I mean, David Nelson Band, you got Barry Slass, you, you know, we're going to How did you it. get him? Uh, you know, David has been to some parties at my parents' house. Um, this was, this was, this was what my dad wanted. This was his birthday present to himself, uh, is, is, you know, getting one of his favorite bands and they're, you know, David, I think is 80, um, or, you know, 79. They're, they're playing a lot right now. I think sort of like playing a lot with, uh, with, uh, you know, I'm not putting words into their mouth or retirement sort of or, you know, end goal in mind because, uh, you know, how much longer he's going to be able to do it. So um, there we go. This is David Nelson band. David Nelson band. Fantastic. It's, you know, look, David Nelson is is. Uh, New Riders of the Purple Sage, Olden in the Way, sort of the confluence of you know San Francisco psychedelia and and the bluegrass folk thing happening. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome music. There'll be songs you know, songs you don't know, Grateful Dead songs, not Grateful Dead songs. Um, and if you think that oh I can't I'm not gonna go because he's obviously on tour and I'll catch him later. Nah, dog. Not gonna happen. Yeah. No, um, February tenth. Yeah. He's scheduled for his next show. So, right. Yeah. No, you know, be there, be square. Totally. Totally. Uh, and it turns out the end of a long and festival, festivus, fastidious? What's the word for having a party? Um, festivus. Nope. No. Festival. Uh, it's going to be a great time uh, because that's Vintage Festival weekend also. Oh yeah, to so Vintage yeah, Fest yeah. coming up. Vintage Boy. Fest coming up, and there you go. Right, talk about a segue. It's like it's like uh, as if we planned it. We didn't, but we almost tried. Uh, and Bart, you're like way in on Vintage Festival planning these these days. Um, 
as a as a have we told the world that you were a board member of Sonoma Valley Vendors and Growers? I don't growers? know really that there's anything to tell. Big news. <laughs> Bart has more meetings to go to. <laughs> you know what I do I appreciate is that they do take harvest off for the board meetings. Oh, they I mean you have to, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, um that's that is yeah. shout out to the Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers yeah. for figuring that one out. Yeah. Well, and uh, you've got somebody good behind it too. Tom Rouse knows what he's doing, and and they're they're planning a they're planning a uh, a big party this year. So it's so, no no parade. However, I know that's they're, the they're, they're, okay. getting, they're so, getting back to the parade next year. They yes. thought, uh, you know, and, and so I'll tell you the story about this because you know the wonders of um, social media. They put out the press release, or it was in the paper about the Vintage Festival. And um, all of the haters of the world got on Facebook and started talking about how this event is where the haters of the world live. Yeah, that it had changed and they took our our event away from us. And um, it's for the uh, tourists everything. now. Yeah, and and so to set it clear, at least for our listeners, the Vintage Festival is something that's been going on for a hundred and thirty some odd years. Um, I think the Bunchu family had a lot to do with it in the very early days. I've seen some posters of them leading the parade and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, we could probably get some clarification there. My first kind of uh, going to the Vintage Festival was, I think, what most people think about it and is, you know, there was some sort of a tasting during the day around the park, all the local wineries pouring some wine, live music food throwing potatoes at salamis throwing potatoes at salamis <laughs> which means a lot um, if you know what i'm talking about and if right. you don't it sounds like the craziest thing you could ever imagine right um there was um a grape stomp right um and then the firemen would have this water battle um pushing uh, a keg back and forth right it was like a it was like a tug of war correct but with, in reverse with a right. reverse tug of war with right. fire hoses correct. And, and great events. And then on Friday night was always the tasting at the barracks was always right. a knockdown, drag out, great, great event. Um, so uh, the organization that had been putting on the event for decades, mostly run by volunteers, um, I think part of it had to do with COVID. Um, th they were done um, and they were going to try to sell it. Um, it was looking like it was going to go to an outside vendor, meaning outside of Sonoma vendor. Crazy. Um, and uh, the vintage or the vintners and growers were asked to if they wanted to take it over, um, which they did because they wanted they would hate to see it go away. Yeah. Um, but the uh, vintners and growers is a very small staff. Um, and, uh, you know, it's staff a, of like two or three, right? Yeah. Two and a half is what yeah. we kind of joke about. Um, and to put on an event like this, which they can certainly do after putting on the um, wine auction for years um, and, and all of our local events, Signature Sonoma, it was something they could do. But but all the rest of the stuff was overwhelming. Um, you know, thanks to Chris Sebastiani and the uh, the folks out at Beyonce, um, they've dedicated a couple people to oh, helping cool. pull this event off. Mm. Um, and it's going to be here this year. And there will be um, uh, an art show, uh, which has been there in the past. Basically, oh. the only thing that's not going to be there is the parade, which, yes, hopefully it will be back. Um, and the water um, fight. Which um, is which when is we, a necessary casualty. Correct. Which we and, get water, and, and, when we get water back. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. We can I'm, have I'm that sure they'll come back, and I'm sure the firemen will, will organize that for themselves. Um, so the thing that has been added is a um, Legends dinner on Friday night at Buena Vista Winery. 
Um, I believe it's $350 a ticket. So it is expensive, but it's going to be a plated, I think, five or six course menu. And all of these wineries that have signed up for it are bringing their um, their library wines, their large format wines. They're probably going to be wines out of their cellar just to share with the guests. Yep. So it's going to be well worth um, it if you can afford it. Um, on um, So that's on Friday night. Saturday will that's, be the That's October 7th. Correct. Yep. Thank you very much. Um, on Saturday uh, around town will be um, the Grape Stomp. Um, uh, Sam and I are going to team up. Uh, maybe we'll get John and Brian down there also. Um, and we're going to we've, we've we, we're calling out a bunch of wineries and we're calling out some winemakers that maybe they can take a break on on a Saturday <laughs> morning during the middle of vintage and come down and actually stomp some grapes. That is something different than doing it for the gram. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it is. It's a. It's a foot tread. It's a foot tread with a goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. as opposed to just a foot tread with a goal. Well, to make your wine better. I've uh, never to, done it. To to uh, never stopped. It's you're literally trying to like you get the the winner. It is how much juice you get out, right? That's the, right. it's a right. competition yep. and you get a bucket of grapes and a little basket press yep. or something and you get in there and you stomp to, you know, a timed mount and then whoever gets the most juice is the winner. So something uh, you did in your childhood growing up. I don't know if I've, we have had enterprise vineyards teams. I don't know if I've ever competed in it. I mean, I like, I, I uh, not to like, to hipster out, out hipster the hipsters i was foot treading way before it was cool <laughs> it was you know you put your kids and it, it wasn't foot treading this is katuri winery in the 80s and 90s we weren't foot treading whole clusters we were foot treading <laughs> it, it, no we were foot treading in fermented juice we were like pressing it was it was a press it was a foot press so you were in like you know it's it's zinfandel that's probably at like three or four <laughs> bricks or something it was definitely an uh, alcoholic but still sweet and and extracted so you're like turning purple literally um and those so that was but it was maybe a really safe probably the safest place for a kid to be at that winery was in the <laughs> in the fermentation vessel as opposed to anywhere else right. so uh, yeah those are my those are my foot stomping memories right so so um, so so that'll be going on we're looking for some teams to get out there and, and come over and have some fun and support this event um so who are we calling out there well, I mean, so far, we're going to put out this video that Brian right. and I filmed. Okay. But, you know, um, uh, Paul Justo down at Highway 12. Oh, okay. Um, the juice could squeeze some juice. Yep. Uh, yeah. uh, what do you think What do you think Tony from Three Fat Guys could do? I feel like, uh, you know, he's going to stomp grapes at a retired professional level. Right. <laughs> he's, he's got, he's had, you know, years in a... NFL weight room with, you know, nutritionists and trainers to help his foot stomp. I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love for the, the bedrock folks or maybe the, the uh, bedrock folks to send somebody down, you know, I'm sure Chris will be in New York, like doing right. dinners, talking about Drinking. how hard of this is. Um, <laughs> That's Let's. Uh, I'm not gonna go. I'm going too. So let's 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 not let's not do too hard on that one. 
But you know, let's get Cody. Maybe we can get Cody. Out. I would like to foot trade against Cody. He's he's pretty athletic, but Binkley. He's, uh, uh, no, no. Uh, Cody Rasmussen. Oh, okay. Desire Lines. Uh, oh, okay. Bedrock okay. Associates. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I I'm have more gravity than yeah. he does when yeah. it comes to these things. That that'd be a good competition. Yeah, I got big wide feet. Right, right. <laughs> good for riding surfboards. Good for, good for riding surfboards, windstorms, and foot stomping. Lao Lao feet. <laughs> And then, and then Saturday night is really going to be like a really fun event, and that's just the grand taste. And it's back at the barracks, and right? It's back at the barracks, yeah. there'll be live music. I hear that the uh, Glen Ellen Star Catering will be doing some of the food. Oh damn! Um, uh, who else did they say was going to be there? I, I can't remember now. Um, but more details are all coming out. There is a discount code um, for the. Uh, uh, Saturday night tasting um, contact us directly here. We're not going to just throw it out there to the world, but um, Oh, I guess we can, can't we? Yeah. So it's, it's uh, SV locals, SV locals, yeah, SV locals. Okay. Is the, and I probably got that wrong. It's probably local SV. Um, now that I think about it, <laughs> so if it doesn't work, message Bart. If they charge yeah. you more <laughs> for all complaints, Bart at right. danesellers.com. <laughs> oh, um, so uh, uh, we look forward to everybody coming for the Vintage Festival. Try to, you know, bring it back to um, some of its. Uh, uh, back to its roots. Back to its roots. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the way it, sh it should be. I mean, you know, for all the haters out there that think it's something for, you know, elitist or uh, tourists. I mean, this valley is it relies on tourists. And yeah. For all those people that can't stand it, we have all the nice things we have is because people love to come here. That fresh pavement on Petaluma Avenue. Oh, man. <laughs> is that done yet? They're done. Yeah. Hopefully they'll get on to Verano Avenue next. Oh, <laughs> man. That's that's really messing with me. Yeah. Really messing with me. So anyway. All right. Vintage Festival. Vintage it's Festival. back. And look, it is it, to me, this seems like a really nice way of combining Sonoma Valley Vintners events that try and bring other people into the valley and show off, you know, what we're doing and, and still have something that is for the valley yeah. and that tasting and the the festival and the in the in the park and the whole yeah. deal. And 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 yeah. come and discover a bunch of wineries right. that you don't know about because totally. I guarantee you they are there. Right. Um, uh, Brian and I went through and tasted a bunch of the wines that they're um, featuring and um, it's going to be outstanding. I mean, you know, the Plaza, anytime you have an event at the Plaza, it's fun. We've been broadcasting from the, oh, I heard you the other night. Farmers yeah. Market. I turned on the radio and I was like, it's Tuesday. What's John doing on the radio? <laughs> so I was starting to do that. And it's really fun. It's just, it's local. This right. is what we talk to. We talk to people who rescue dogs. We talk to people at the community center. We talk to people from the band. We talk to people who are there cooking. Mike the baker. Right. Everybody. You know, it's just a lot of fun. It's very. It's a. It's a local deal, it's and the, I love the. I love that plaza. The largest central plaza in California. Mm -hmm. It's you know it's eight seven, acres. Eight acres. I was about to say seven. I was about to undersell the plaza. Eight acres. The trees, the playgrounds, the duck pond, the city hall. Um, you know, I talked to, you'll go. I remember my memories of like every event, every party in the plaza, vintage festival. There used to be a salute to the arts. There was, you know, 4th of July. And, you know, it's the Boy Scouts troops that sets up this 
tent with a, a Columbus salami and you throw potatoes at salamis and if you hit one, you get a salami. Like that, <laughs> I, I, if you're complaining about the Vintage Festival having a fancy dinner, because that's basically what the complaint is and not having the parade, those things are coming back and it's like this post-COVID world and... Uh, you know, kudos to SVVGA and and to to make it happen and and go if you're complaining about it, go out and be part of it so that it stays a local thing. Well, and here's you the know? deal: the old event was really relied on volunteers, and this event's going to rely on volunteers. And if you have something that, if you happen to listen to the show and you have something you're passionate about that you think is missing from it, come and volunteer and get involved. Right. Um, there's nothing better than than doing that. I we love do love the, our parades. In I, Sonoma, I so. did. And the radio station was always in those parades. Right. That was a blast. So. I, I've, I've been in the vintage, you know, you're in the vintage. Fe One year we were in the vintage festival parade. <laughs> we had a, a, it was our, the, it was Enterprise Vineyards, and we called it Our Little Pickers. And we took a trailer, we lined it with like, you know, grapevines that had been pulled out of somewhere, and we had wooden boxes full of grapes and these little like cardboard picking knives. And it was a bunch of kids, and we were on this thing, and we were like throwing grapes at the crowd. I mean, that's you know, and I was eight, six, <laughs> something like that. I mean, you know, so it was definitely like that parade is is important, and I get the importance of it. Um, but it'll it'll be back. Yeah. Um, well, so. everybody wants it, so I yeah. mean, they, they just need to get this one under their belt. Well, get, yeah, and 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 it, you know, and thanks, the city should be supporting it, and um, you know, oh, I think they are certainly. You know, we've been talking about it a lot. Um, so anyway, well, the city keeps going. The city can always. The mess real question is, too, are we going to be done picking grapes by then? <laughs> well, the, well, you know, it, it's possible. Yeah, that it is. the size of the harvest, the heat we're having right now, how early it is, we might be. It might be like those years in the past where by Vintage Festival weekend, basically the harvest was over. They're like struggling to find grapes for the grape stump because there's nothing yeah, left I, hanging on the vine. Want to talk a knockdown bl uh, blowout on uh, that second tasting? Oh yeah, <laughs> if the uh, harvest is over. <laughs> we used to do an Enterprise Vineyards dinner after the tasting. And and one year the um, the level of intoxication and inebriation was too great to ever do that again. But I've some of my like most uh, hungover harvest experiences were the mornings after vintage festival. Well, parties. then let's segue into uh, another question from okay. I guess it was James Joyner about uh, weed and uh, wine combos pairings. James, 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 you're always getting us in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I. Like weed and wine pairings. <laughs> that I'll just leave it there. Uh, you know. So do I. Anything. The one I, in my glass. The one in my hand. The wine in your glass and the weed in your hand. Yep. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the infusions. The weed wines. I'll say that. I've had several. Some of them are all right. I, I prefer them separate, but together. Um, you know. Uh, again, it's one of those things where like. You probably want a little sweetness in the wine, um, you know, a little like I, I could see like digging into a a Tokai, a sweet Tokai or a Sauterne or something like that with a freshly, you know, join us some freshly rolled, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, that's where I'd go. Yeah. I mean, would you go as far as saying like try to pair aromatic white wines with the aromatics it's probably not right? I don't, you know it's, it's probably cloud each other too much yeah 
I mean, like you know, you cloud, see like cloud, cloud. The cl- there's there's um, a very famous winemaking flying winemaker consultant friend of my dad's who lives in France, who is a cigarette smoker, and I don't know like how the those the the smoking the act of smoking and tasting wine are are fairly countervailing forces right um you're gonna really mess up your palate you're gonna mess up your palate one one way or the other so you know um not that i haven't smoked a cigarette and drank wine at the same time you know everybody's 20 once um but yeah i don't i don't know about like the flavors of the cannabis with the flavors of the wine is a is a tough that's a tough one to pair um you know you want to I'm looking for the, how about this? I'm looking for those mids, you know, because you don't want to get too stoned while you're drinking wine. You want to just like be, you want to just be happy. Or, but equilibrium. You want an equilibrium. Yeah. You don't want to like, I, I, I probably lean more sativa. I mean, I lean more sativa than indica anyway, but you want something that's going to like be a little uplifting, counteract Absolutely. the alcohol a little bit. Yeah. 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 For sure. In the it seems couch. Like, seems like it's a whole other podcast. Right. Yes. <laughs> James, um, you want to start that podcast with us? We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, here's one for you. Hey, Bart, podcast discussion topic. The next time there is a big harvest, like in 2018, will producers try to make more wine to hold as reserve releases in the case of disasters, like in 2020, where a lot of folks made little or no reds? I mean, I think that just kind of happens on its own. Right. Right. I mean, I don't I don't think it's I mean, if it's a big crop, um, typically, even if you, you know, only buy a certain amount from each vineyard, you're still going to end up probably with a little more fruit than what you would. Right. Would normally get because of opportunities and and whatnot. I don't think they're going to go out consciously and say, well, let's get more fruit this year because. There might be something that will happen in two years because if your sales don't increase or you there's not something that happens that you find yourself short, um, it's just it's a bit of a gamble. The carrying, you know, the the cost of storage and right. you yeah. know, it all kind of factors in. I mean, I think maybe what you see is the other way around, right? When you have a bad year or you know a low year that you try and like lean in a little, get a little bit more the next year. Right kind of cover those gaps right but i think yeah we're um i mean we used to always talk about crossover dates right there's there's a date that where you go from whatever wine it is from one vintage to the other and that crossover date floats depending on one the wine being ready whether it's needs to be bottled once it's been bottled is it ready to be released you know will the winemaker give its approval or two sales like sales are, are, are forecast and if sales slow down for economic reasons or, or whatever it is, then the crossover dates are always changing. So that's a thing where like all of a sudden you realize you're coming up short with wine the next year, you would maybe lean in and try to get a little bit more. Right. But just to say, to go out and say, you know, next year might be bad. I'm going to stock up this right. year. Yeah. Well, no, but we don't have the, like, frankly, you don't facilities don't, you don't have the room. Correct. We don't, you know, the room or the financials. Right. And again, finances it, to, to do me, that. it's, it's all about the finances. It's all about, you know, ha- having to um, carry that capital. So, 
Well, and also think about uh, when will the next harvest that'll be that big? When will it be? We don't know. You know, exactly. it's light this year, right? Yeah. It's, you know, numbers are down this year. They were probably down a little bit last year. 2018 was gigantic. 2019 was just on the, just below gigantic. Um, you know, it, we might not ever, you know, in our lifetimes get to 2018 levels. Right. Because we might not get to the amount of rainfall that we had in 17, you know, 17, 18 uh, and eighteen nineteen. It so. is a magical combination, isn't yeah. it? Um, so um, here's one from our friend Robert French. One of the uh, probably probably goes out wine tasting more than I, he probably drinks more different wines than I uh, many of us Absolutely. and beers. Um, he says, and he's always cooking something, right? And he never invites us over, Robert. If you're listening, because I know you are. <laughs> Question for the pod: Does it make a difference during pump overs? how the juice flows through in beer. When you sparge, you want to make sure the water flows evenly to ensure, ensure the best extraction. And, and I'll say, you know, so there's what he's talking about here is during a red fermentation, when the cap is forced to the top of the tank from the CO2, uh, you have to break up the cap back into the juice to extract the flavors, regulate the temperature. And one of the ways people do it is with a, a, a pump over. So you're pumping the juice from the bottom over the top. And whether you're using like the fire hose message method where you're just spraying it right into it, or if you use a sprinkler or an irrigator, those are kind of the two different ways to do it, to do a pump over. Mm. And, and something that we used to always talk about is that um, it's good to actually get in and actually break the cap up because those irrigators, they will find, you know, liquid moves in the path, path of least resistance. So it finds its way down through the cracks and then that those cracks just get bigger and bigger because it keeps going through. And so we found that there's areas where it's probably not fully extracted. So therefore it was good to either go through once in a while, either do a punch down if you could in one of those tanks or take some time every you know few days and do a fire hose sort of pump over to actually break up the cap so you get full extraction. Yeah. So um, which one's wrong or right? Again, every winemaker will tell you his own story. I mean, there are people that put an irrigator in the top and they don't even, they just do it. You know, they right. follow a, a technique and that's it. Um, then there's people who adjust and, and change all the time. So And you know, people get... That's where all these other techniques come in too. The punch down, you know, is a is a one that's for smaller lots for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the the crazy one that Combi has us doing on the Audio Ted is the De La Stage, the, yeah, rack, the rack, rack and return. return, where you pour all the juice out, let the the cap sort of collapse on itself and kind of compress itself it actually squeezes a little more juice out of itself and then you you know fill it back up and and the thing about that is is when you do that do you go over the top yes yeah so see what you're doing there is by the by the cap hitting the ground or hitting the bottom it's breaking up it's right it is and so therefore you are you're you're bringing new pathways for the next time for your pump over right 
you know um so so absolutely it definitely that. avoids the channels right yeah right um you know and then there's another technique that was they tried to do for a while where you would um you had this thing in the bottom of the tank and you would inj inject air into it and it would send a huge bubble they could actually make a bubble that would come up and it would break the cap and then it would like fall in on itself interesting um, but the logistics and the the inner workings of that were very difficult to do. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. Well, it all has to be plumbed. Right. It's something that came from the oil industry, believe it or not, right. um, the, t the technology. So, and, and it's kind of a neat idea, but um, yeah. Uh, and there's what, what Cody, again, shout out Cody Rasmussen, right. um, with his like submerged caps, right. which is kind of another way around it, which is basically he has like a platform that he builds into the tank that keeps the cap down in the juice and doesn't let it push itself back up. Interesting. You know, they're, and they're basically- How to, far down? It's just the just below the surface, okay. basically. Uh, keeping It's just a matter of keeping- again the skins in contact with the juice because what naturally happens in the fermentation is it separates so i i mean i guess that's as to answer robert's question succinctly is is yes it matters depending on the winemaker and the style and probably the variety and the vintage and and the end goal um but we're there's you know a, a lot of different ways of of cracking that egg um sorry i didn't mean to go there bart um uh, <laughs> The other ones were intentional. That one was not. Uh, um, and you've got a hell yeah. of a story there, my friend. You've got one it, hell it of is, a story. I mean, it's a dramatic photo. It, it is. is a dramatic photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just the one that you've sent. I'm sure you have another 50 on your phone that you're yeah, not. Actually, I don't. I, okay. I, I, you, only, you, took, you took one and then you went and <laughs> sat in the corner quietly for an, <laughs> and then yelled yeah. profanities and right. then went home. And then you went to. Uh, there we are. Anyway, uh, you know, did how how many uh, harvest beers at Sonoma's best did it take to get you back into a good mindset? Um, this podcast is brought to you by Harvest Beers at Sonoma's Best. <laughs> Five dollars for twenty-two ounce beers on draft. We'll see you guys all down there. You want to see the pictures? Come see us at. <laughs> come see Todd. Todd, I haven't even showed Todd the picture yet. You haven't showed Todd the picture yeah. yet. All right. You actually need to have that blown up and send it. Send it to me. I'll print it for you, man. Dan, Dan you, got, you gotta have it. Doesn't even know where to begin. On the questions for us. What other questions we got? My brother, his every time I post, what question should I ask? What do they do with the moguls in the summertime? <laughs> we we store them on faulty pallets. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Faulty uh, towers. Uh, so. I, I kind of hinted at it. Jerry B. Rourke on, on Instagram said, what is your favorite guilty pleasure wine? No bougie skin fermented Grenache Blanc BS for your answers. Uh, if you, you know, what is your like drinking an airport wine? I, I, don't, know. I don't know if I have a, a my guilty pleasure wine is a Negroni. <laughs> right? If I'm like not going to drink some fancy skin fermented bougie Grenache Blanc. BS. I'm going to probably have a cocktail or I mean, no harvest beers, harvest ciders for me. I mean, the last, the, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Sam. They, okay. He does have a nice selection of okay. ciders. Yeah, down he there. did some good stuff yeah. in there. Um, uh, I think my, um, my guilty, and I think there was a little bit of pleasure, at least about the conversation, was that 19 crimes. I felt guilty. Definitely committed one of the 19. That's pretty funny. Opening and drinking that one. Thank you, James Joyner. Um, uh, let's see. Anything else here? 
There was, a, there was actually there was another good one. Uh, well, here's a bad one. Ian Freewald, um, Jasmine's husband, said, "Where do babies come from?" So either. <laughs> So I guess if he needs to ask that question, I'm not going to have to worry about losing Jasmine to maternity leave for a while until he figures that one out. Thank you, Ian. Um, uh, Victor asked, is Victor a long lost Katuri? And according to the staff at Valley, when he walked in there for brunch the other day and they actually thought he was a member of the family. So I guess the answer is yes. Um, D Chris Calabrese, um, as we see effects of global of global warming, what are your concerns about temps at your facilities? And that's a good question. I, I don't really have an answer to that one, but I'm definitely, I think about uh, warehouses and wineries that rely on night air. Uh, yeah. And if we don't, you know, in like this week when we're not going to get those big shifts, um, having to go to, you know, me mechanical cooling. Right. Um, for, for those of you out there, I mean, the majority of, of us, of those of us who work in warehouses, uh, the majority of them are not air conditioned. They're right. typically just night aired and incredibly well uh, insulated. And it does a very good job, you know, temperatures stay very steady. And then if you think about what it takes to actually get inside the product, you know, and time swings, it, it, right. it, it works very well. Um, but it's something to definitely think about. Yeah. There'll be less air, night less, air. Less cool night it's, air. It's done by temperature. Right. Um, and then you're right. People are going to start reconsidering putting in um, uh, refrigeration and things. Yeah. And, and that will just add more to cost. More cost, more to energy use. Yeah. Uh, I know Magnolia is switching. They're putting in an AC unit um, from night air just to be able to have a little more control over it. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm. and, you know, or, or designating rooms that you would refrigerate, you know, the, they do make portable things. Um, and, and there's, there's all sorts of options these days, but, yeah. um, you know, just well, when we moved out here, we'd look at uh, houses and they wouldn't have ACs and people would say, well, you don't it's, you it's never needed it. And, you you yeah. don't need it. Oh, I do. Right. But <laughs> no, you know what you do now? Yeah. I mean, we not to say that it didn't used to get hot and not like a uh, shake my fist get off my lawn, um, but yeah, in in till fifteen years ago, maybe twenty years ago, I don't think any houses and rare was the house with air conditioning in Sonoma. That's amazing. And now it's the other way around. Now it's like, oh, you know, houses that don't have AC are. are uh, few and and far between. So it's definitely, you know, it's something that um, we all think about. Oh, of sure. course. Well, wh and what's the temp supposed to be today and this week? What's what's a recap? Of oh, that? yeah, it's interesting. Today? Um, the the we've been you know in this sort of like heat alert, heat advisory warning place for a week. Um, Sonoma Valley. Today is only going to hit at 85, 86 degrees, maybe. Maybe it'll be a little bit warmer. No, it says 90 at, at 4 p.m., but then right. 93, 100, 106, 100, 97, 93, 91, 81, 79. And, and of course, so it all depends back. on what app you're looking at. Uh, mine says 86 for today, 91 tomorrow, 99 Sunday. Uh, Friday and or Monday, Tuesday are really hot days uh, in Sonoma at 106. And then back into the mid nineties, and then by the end of the week, it'll be into the eighties. Normal, back to normal. It'll be, uh, yeah. and you know, but, you know, if we're getting this here, think about what they're going to get down south. Oh well, I, that's you know they've I mean, already across the state. Well, like I said, 
Paso is in the middle of a seven to ten day stretch where every day is going to be north of a hundred uh, and up to like one ten. Sacramento, they're talking about one hundred and fifty. You know where Robert French is is going to be leaning in on some white wine and cold beer. Um, to you know, they're going to be four or five days of you know one hundred and ten plus. Um, where is he? He's in Sacramento area. Okay. So you know it. it the the Bay Area bubble. Um, and the fact that we're still getting a little bit of fog as we kind of lean into this heat dome uh, yeah. situation <laughs> is is sparing us like it has really all summer. Um, well, San Francisco these... was only going to be 75. Yeah, exactly. Today. It's like a perfect San Francisco day. Yeah. Um, so we, we're it's going to be hot, but we're m- missing the real like brunt of it is is the rest of the state and you know and then we go into then then things really get scary because everything's going to be baked dry and then the winds will shift and we'll get the north wind and the dry you know the fire winds and and, and nobody has said anything yet about fire season you know i mean it's, yeah. it's going around the state but we have not been we haven't had any big ones around n- here you know no. knock on knock on wood the the efforts and funding and that the state has been putting into beefing up the firefighting capacity and you know i mean shout out to the state of california for what they did at sdc and um oh with the sheep sheep next to old hill ranch i mean if you i don't know if you guys have been up there but the work that those sheep have done it was a huge flock yeah and 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 it looks amazing um uh, so, you know, that's great that the yep. state of California has gotten behind that. And um, and if they need any suggestions for other places to move the sheep to, I have some ideas. Yeah. Where, I mean, where, where would you like them? Uh, there, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole mountainside, you know, an, an ounce of prevention's a pound of uh, of suppression. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the other piece of it is like the the Air Force, the firefighting Air Force yeah. that they have in this state. Um, and you know, even our little like quarter acre brush fire kind of things have planes on top of it in 15 minutes, no matter where you are in the state right now. I saw some guys filling up in a lake the other day where they just died. Oh, those like super scoopers. And they scoop it up. Oh, those are wild. It's it's just, I don't know how, how you can actually fly while you're doing that. While you're filling up. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm sure you have a team doing it and I'm sure that there are some physical things that happen, but imagine snagging the water and trying to keep the airplane flying at the same time and grabbing and then, all that and then the and weight taking off again and taking yeah, off and the weight crazy. it's incredible it's crazy shout out to shout out to the men and women of the the firefighting forces out there because you know that's 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 god's work other shout outs um you know uh i i a little announcement i'll have um fall releases um maybe push back a little bit but i'm gonna send out my uh harvest email here and um right now i'm going through a little bit of struggle with changing my website over from bind spring to commerce seven um something there's been a snag with my credit card processing so for all of you out there we are still taking orders uh but we're processing over square and venmo right now um so if you're wondering what's going on that's what that is thank you for your patience um, uh, a similar similar out. story. Do you? Yeah, I mean we're we're Vine Spring also we're switching to uh, offset figure commerce, uh, and you know there's going to be some snags. Jasmine yeah. Jasmine 
is losing sleep and gaining gray hair, gray hair over it. Yeah. Uh, she gets her hair done. So yeah. I sorry, mean, but this has been a lot of revealing Jasmine's life uh, between the Ian question, but yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen who are on the industry side of this, who are yeah. dealing with this vine spring commerce seven merger buyout thing and the ramifications of it. And it also like vine spring dies Right on October first, <laughs> just and, like all right, what do we do now? And so, and, and, I, just and gone? I'm not af- I, yeah, and I'm not afraid Why? to say this to because he they sold the business and oh, okay. they sold it to this other company, Commerce Seven, and no shade on Commerce Seven, but one thing VineSpring had is they had this chat that you could do online with a technician, and it worked awesomely. They always got back to you. Um, very, very quickly. It was a real um, person. It was a real person. And at Commerce 7, there are no phone numbers whatsoever. Um, I sent an email and requested some help with something. And they said, well, what do you need? And I said, I just need a phone call to talk through a couple things with this. And I've got no response from them. And it, it's, you know, and and I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that if they're listening. Do just, better. Yeah, do better. Right. So anyway, Um yeah. So shout outs. Um, I, have a, I have the other event that I'm not. I haven't hyped yet, oh, which yeah. is our Tacos yeah. Daron Grenache Day celebration, September 16th. It's a it's our pickup party for Phil Semi members, but it is open to the public. We got uh, Eddie Balbuena uh, making Grenache tacos. Grenache Day at Sam's. Grenache Day at Sam's Friday afternoon. Well, and so I've had a couple of people request, "What are we doing for Grenache Day for the podcast?" Um, you know, maybe we'll just do a grand tasting and invite some people and uh, just like we have in the past. Yeah. But um, we'll know, figure something out. Yeah. We'll drink Grenache. We'll drink We're going to drink Grenache Day on the show. Big change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. We're going to throw things up. How We're going to drink, off We're gonna drink Grenache on the show. Uh, off brand. <laughs> oh. Um, that's about it, I guess. Thanks. Uh, good Sam show. And- good questions, man. Yeah. Really good questions today. That was great. Thank you, Sam and the 16600 uh, crew for um, uh, it, it takes a lot of beer to make great wine. And um, I have some more beer now. Thanks. And I'll share it with the guys that helped me clean up my mess down at the winery. Yeah, that, so was, that was much that appreciated. I, I showed Jasmine and my Thomas the picture yesterday. And, and late last night, Jasmine texted both of us going, can I go buy Bart some beer? <laughs> I know he likes this hazy IPAs or something. Uh, and I said, yeah, of course, please do. So I, I, I will. T- and, you know, we the the card, the sorry for your loss <laughs> condolence card. We, you know, uh, we try and be very customer oriented. And, and yeah. so when we see that, like, you know, somebody on Instagram posted they lost a pet or, you know, fam, you know, grandma died, you know, we'll, we'll ship out a bottle of wine and a card that's some just like that sorry for your love so when i saw that sitting on the table when i walked in i was like oh, i wonder if that we're sending i wonder if i wonder whose dog died uh no that was that was for the the chenin blanc that hit the that hit the hit the floor <laughs> hit the man. down, the, down um, the drain down here on the down killing the, floor down the drain um what did craig harmeyer said uh, omelets omelets, omelets. You're, you supposed gotta, to be, you're supposed to break a lot of eggs to make om- to break eggs to make omelets, omelets not to make Shannon Blanc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um subscribe, listen, review, review, rate us, tell your friends. Tell yeah. your friends. 
Um, we oh, love you. one last yeah. shout out. If you've uh, made it this far. To, right. Buy Chenin exactly. Blanc because there's going to be a whole lot less of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to MJ for um, making the finals of uh, a really good job um, and making um, the future, for, future, future 40. 40. His, um, he's 50 something. But he's in the future 40s. So. Well, his his quote about that was great because it's like, if, if I'm ever going to make a list, it's going to be the 60 under 60 list. <laughs> and he made it. He right. made it. You made it, MJ. Right on. All right, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week.